Get your Bibles out. Get your notepads out and your pens. And we're going to get in the Word of God. I want to continue. This is week seven in our series on righteousness. These messages are designed to build a righteousness consciousness in you. They're designed to make you very conscious that you and I have been made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. And we were made the righteousness of God simply by faith or through faith, believing what he says in his word. So open up your Bibles. We're going to continue what we, would, what we were flowing in last week about how that the righteousness which is of faith, it speaks a certain way. And we want to talk about that. So open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, and we're going to look at verse 6, and we're just going to get into this this morning. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10 in verse 6. It says this, hallelujah, Romans chapter 10 in verse 6. It says, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks this way. And now jump down to verse 8, because now we're going to see how the righteousness of faith speaks. In other words, if you've been made righteous by faith, if you're born again, this is how you should speak. If you're walking in your righteousness, you will speak this way. If you're not, you're walking out of your flesh, it's going to produce death, and you won't be speaking this way. Don't beat yourself up. Just jump back over and get the word in your heart so that now you could speak in a manner out of the righteousness of God that's been in you. In verse 8, it tells us how he speaks. But what says it? What does the righteousness which is a faith say? It says the word is near to you, even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. See, when you preach the word of God, it will always produce faith in whoever has ears to hear it. Romans 10, 17 goes on to say, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's real interesting in Psalms, in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 107, verse 2, it says this, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Man, when you're redeemed, when you've been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ, you will speak out of your, out of your mouth what you believe in your heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, at the beginning of verse 34, it literally tells us to awake to righteousness. It says, awake to righteousness and sin not, but we have to awake to it. So church, it's time to wake up and go deeper. I know I'm preaching to the choir because there's so many of you that are awake and on fire for the Lord. But it's time for us to rise up and be Jesus in this world as never before. Now we finished last week with Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23. And I want you to go there. Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23. Hallelujah. 
We're talking about how that righteousness speaks. We're talking about how you and I should speak as born-again children, children of God. Romans 10.23 says this, Let us hold fast. That means let us seize hold the profession of our faith without wavering. We're to seize hold of the profession of our faith without wavering. We're to never let go of the profession of our faith. This Greek word profession, as I've said many times, is the Greek word homo logeo. It literally means to say the same thing. In other words, holding fast to the profession of our faith means that we never let God's word depart out of our mouth. We are always saying about everything that we face in life, who we are, who God is, what he's given us, what we're facing. We, we only say what he says. So if he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then that's what I say. If he says, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, then that's what I say. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? It says here right at the end of this verse, because he is faithful that promised. Hallelujah. Now if you jump down later in this chapter, in verse 38, it says something very strong that it says over and over and over in the Word of God. It says, now the just, the just are the righteous. The word just means to be declared righteous. These are born-again believers. It says, now the just shall, this is a commanded tense in the Greek language, shall live by faith. Isn't that awesome that you don't have to act like you feel? We walk by faith. We don't walk by feelings. We don't walk by sight. And it is of utmost importance that we speak God's word, that we get our words correct because our words are so very important. And we're going to see that as we go on today. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. I love verse 39, but we are not of them that draw back unto perdition. That means we don't draw back unto ruin or destruction. But we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. It's powerful. We don't draw back. We don't walk in fear. We walk in the faith of God. We don't walk around talking about our mountain. We talk to our mountain. We, we speak to things in our life and command them to come in line with the Word of God. We use the name of Jesus and the Word of God to change our environment by inviting the God of heaven in to change our environment. This is so important, child of God. This is the way we live. It's exciting. So now go back to Hebrews. You're in Hebrews chapter 10. Go back to Hebrews chapter 3. Let's look at verse 1. Hebrews chapter 3 in verse 1. So we're talking about how faith speaks. So this is how we as the righteous live. 
Hebrews 3.1 says this, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Do you know my apostle, my high priest, watches over his word to perform it in my life. I'm always to consider him. Wow. Isn't that awesome? We want to consider him in everything. What are we talking about? We consider him in our confession. Our confession. See, what our confession does, it is affirming something that I believe in my heart. I am only to speak out of my mouth what I affirm that I believe in my heart. So I could tell you this. Psalm 91 says, A thousand can fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it won't come near me. That this pestilence that walks in darkness, these invisible pestilences, will not come upon me because I abide in the presence of the Almighty. He's the apostle and high priest of my profession. I think of in the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 1 in verse 12 really brings this out. I want you to look at this. Jeremiah chapter 1 in verse 12. Hallelujah. It says the same thing. Jeremiah 1.12 says this. Then said the Lord unto me. This is what God said unto the prophet Jeremiah. He says, you have well seen, for I will hasten. This word hasten literally means to watch over my word to perform it. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? God watches over his word that's coming out of your mouth to perform it. So when you speak the word of God out of your mouth that you believe in your heart, it brings the presence and the power of God on the scene to now work at the core of everything that you're facing. Everything must bow to the name of Jesus The authority that's in that name. Well, who is Jesus? He is the Word of God. Everything must bow to God's Word. You cannot separate God from His Word. Now, I want to read this scripture to you in the Amplified Classic Version. It says it so well. Jeremiah 1.12 in the Amplified says this, Then said the Lord to me, You have seen well. For I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. So now we're in, we're in, uh, we're in Jeremiah. Let's go left. Let's go to Psalm 138 and let's look at verse 2. Psalm 138 and verse 2 is a powerful passage of scripture that goes right in line with this. Psalm 138 and verse 2 says this. Look at this. It says, I will worship towards thy holy temple. This is the Psalm of David. And praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Well, we know from the New Testament that the word of God is truth. 
Why is David saying that he's going to do this? He, he finishes by telling us why. For you, O God, have magnified your word above all of your name. In other words, God surrenders to his word. Isn't that amazing? God will always surrender to his word. Now this is amazing because Jesus said, listen, all authority, when he came out of the grave, he said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given unto me. And now he gave us power of attorney of his name and he said, now you go in my name. Everything must bow to my name. And guess what? God says, I magnify my word above all my name. It's amazing. So now the 119th Psalm is wonderful. I want you to go to the 89th verse and I want you to see something. Just go back just a little bit. Psalm 119 in verse 89. And Psalm 119 says so many wonderful things about the Word of God. It says this. It says, now, now think about this. God magnifies His Word above all of His name. It goes on to say here, Psalm 119.89, it says, Forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in heaven. This word settled means forever, O Lord, your word is established in heaven. It's not subject to change. There is nothing or no power in this world system. There's no power of darkness that can change the word of God. This word also means it stands. The word of God stands in heaven. I mean, Matthew 24, 35, it literally in the New Testament, it says heaven and earth will pass away. That means that it will change from one condition to another. But my words will never pass away, God says. Wow. Now look at verse 130 of this same chapter. In Psalm 119, verse 130, it says, the entrance of God's words gives light. This word entrance means as God opens His Word, the opening of His Word gives light. Well, who opens the Word of God to us? It is the Holy Spirit. He's the revealer. He's the one that on the inside of you will open the Word of God as you meditate in it day and night, as you put it first place in your life. Tonight, if you have ears to hear, He will open the Word of God to you. Hallelujah. The entrance of your words gives light and it gives understanding unto the simple. It literally gives discernment and perception. It causes you to see and know things beyond what you can know. Isn't that wonderful? So now we see his word is forever settled in heaven. That literally, he, he surrenders everything. He magnifies his word above all of his name. And now we see as his word is opened on the inside of us, it gives us, it causes us to see and know things. Well, what's another scripture like that? Go back to verse 105 
of this same chapter, and it tells you exactly how that works. It says here, God's word is a lamp to my feet. It will tell me exactly where I am, exactly how things are. And it's a light unto my path. See, this is why I can't tell somebody else what they need to do. The word of God will light my path. It's not going to light somebody else's path. So meditate in the word day and night, and you'll always know where you are and where you're to go. It's so powerful. We have to get this into our thinking. So very important. So now if we go back to Jeremiah chapter 15, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 15. We're going to look at verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 15 in verse 16. Look at what the prophet Jeremiah said under this context. In Jeremiah 15, 16, he said this, Thy words were found. In other words, see, Proverbs 4 says that God's word is life to those that find it and medicine and health to all of our flesh. Now he's saying the same thing to Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, I found your word. Thy words were found and I did eat them. That's a picture of meditation. Meditating in the Word is, is literally saying it over and over and over. It's like a cow chewing its cud. It just, you just chew it over and over by saying it over and over and over. That's how you get the Word in your heart in abundance, and that's how it will come out of your heart. Once the Word is in abundance in your heart, it will automatically come out of your mouth. So Jeremiah is saying, I found your words, and I did eat them. And your word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O God, O Lord God of hosts. The only thing that is going to cause your heart to be filled with joy and rejoicing is finding God's word and eating them. The Word of God will explode within you. I always encourage people to get in the Word. But you could always tell when somebody goes from getting in the Word until the Word's getting in them. Because it produces a joy and rejoicing of their heart, which keeps them steady through all the storms of life. So now we're talking about the Word of God. We're talking about this, the righteous speak, the Word of God. Why am I teaching on this? Because we got to get our words right. The stakes are too high. God needs you to walk in abundant life. The enemy's out there to steal, kill, and destroy. Who's he looking for? He's looking for people that have taken their eyes off the word of God. How can he tell? Because it's not coming out of their mouth. Well, how does he find that out? He throws a thought in your mind. And if the response to that thought is not, it is written, if it's not quoting the word of God, then he knows you've taken your eyes off of his word. 
And if you just end up taking this thought from the enemy, you'll start saying the thought, what am I going to do? What, what if I get this virus? What if I don't have enough money to pay my bills? Listen, the only thing that's happening to you is you've taken your eyes off the word of God. And now the door is open for him to come and steal, kill, and destroy from you, even though he has no power to do it. He'll get you to let go of the word. The enemy comes, the thief comes, but for to steal. To steal what? The word of God. How can he do that? By getting you to doubt it because you take your eyes off of it. And then what happens is once he gets you out of looking at the word and he's able to steal it from you now, killing and destroying things in your life is no problem for him. He walks about seeking whom he can devour. Why? Because he can't devour a child of God who knows his authority and will keep the word of God first place in his life. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Church, he's the Lord God of hosts. Guess who we are? We're the hosts. Isn't that good news? So let's go to John chapter 1. I want you to set your eyes on this. So very, very important. John chapter 1 and verse 1. Hallelujah. It says, in the beginning was the Word. Jesus' eternal name is the Word of God. In Revelations 19.13, it says that His eternal name, and His name is the Word of God. Well, Jesus was in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. You can't ever separate God from His Word. Isn't that amazing? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Now, if you jump in the Gospel of John over to John chapter 6, in verse 63, now Jesus is going to say something powerful about his word. Remember, we're talking about what we are to always speak, the word of God. Well, what about the word of God? In John chapter 6, in verse 63, it says this. It says, it is the spirit that quickens or makes alive the flesh profits nothing. And then Jesus says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, God's words are a spiritual force. God's words, when you speak them, they go to do something. They're not, they, it never comes back void. It will always go do something. This is why Satan does not want you to speak right. Now, if you jump over to John 17, 17, you learn something else about the Word of God. John 17, 17, hallelujah, it says, Jesus said this again. He said, sanctify them. What does it mean to be sanctified? It means to literally be separated for the Master's use, set apart for His use. Sanctify them with 
or I'm sorry, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So not only is the word of God spirit and life, but it is truth. And I've got to tell you, truth is not something of this earth. There's a huge, millions and millions of people, many different religions will tell you that truth is what you think it is. But I've got news for you. Truth is from God. His word is truth. And truth will always change any facts of any circumstance or situation that you ever face in your life. So let's continue on with the Word of God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. I want to encourage you, church, get these words, meditate on these scriptures, be able to take somebody through the Word of God so that they can know the importance of God's Word. As we awaken to righteousness, we will... You'll be able to tell when a person's awakened to righteousness because they, when they're pressed, they will speak the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says this. It says, for the word of God is quick. That means it's full of life and powerful. That means it's active and effective and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. The Word of God is the only thing that will tell you, is this the leading of the Lord, or is this just my own idea, or is this just a counterfeit at the enemy, or just a wrong thought? It's the only thing that will tell you. It's the only thing that divides soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow. And then it finishes up by saying that the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. I love that. It's a discerner. It causes me to see and know in reality, truly, what the thoughts and intents of my heart are. I'm always asking the Lord, show me what I'm not seeing. Show me what I'm not seeing correctly. And how God does that is through His Word. So now we've seen some things. His Word is spirit and life. His Word is truth. His word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. It's full of life. It's full of power. Now jump over to 2 Timothy. We're going to look at chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 16 and 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Hallelujah. Oh, church, I could feel people pulling on that anointing, pulling on that utterance tonight. It's wonderful. It says here, all scripture is given by inspiration. That means it's God breathed. By inspiration of God. Every word in the Bible is God breathed. It's not all inspired, it's all given by inspiration. And it is profitable for doctrine. So in other words, that Greek word doctrine means it's profitable to instruct us. For reproof. In other words, the word of God is our proof. If you want to know if you're healed, 
Go to the Word of God, and it'll tell you. Oh, you may feel sick. You may see something on a CT scan or an MRI that tells you that you have symptoms in your body. The Word of God will not deny the symptoms in your body, but the Word of God will deny its right to stay in your body, and it is the proof By his stripes I was healed. He sent his word and healed me. Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. It's Matthew 8, 17. Christ hath redeemed me from the curse of the law. Part of that curse was sickness and disease. By being made a curse for me. That's Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, verse 1. O my soul and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all of my diseases. Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and healed me. O child of God, the word has to be in your heart, alive. It's also profitable to correct us for correction and for instruction in righteousness. In other words, the Word of God will literally tell you how to speak. It's profitable for that. Why? That the man of God may be perfect. This doesn't mean flawless. It means fresh and complete, thoroughly furnished or thoroughly equipped unto all good works. Now, I want you to jump back to Matthew chapter 4. I want you to see something that Jesus said literally right after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit in the Jordan River. He went up to be tempted of the devil. The first temptation, when Satan first came to him, he set the whole standard of how we deal with all that the enemy will ever throw at us in life. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answered Satan in the same way that you and I are to always answer him. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. See, Satan came to him after 40 days of not eating, where he was in starvation mode. And he said, listen, if you're the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus, when he was pressed, when he was weak in himself, he was strong in the word. And what came out of him was Deuteronomy. He's quoting Deuteronomy. And he quotes that scripture, he says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Wow. When Jesus was pressed, he always spoke the word. Why? Because he was righteous, and righteousness speaks. So talking about words, we've really defined the importance of of the Word of God. We've defined the importance of why we're to hold fast and to say what Jesus says. So now, let's go back to Proverbs chapter 18. We need to, we need to look at a principle in God's Word. It's a truth that we must know. Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to look at verse 20. Proverbs chapter 18 in verse 20. Hallelujah. Boy, I've got so many scriptures. We'll just see how far we get. If we don't get far enough, we'll just do this again when we come together again. Hallelujah. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20, it says this, A man's belly will be satisfied 
with the fruit of his mouth. In other words, you're never going to be satisfied by what goes into your mouth. You're only going to be able to be satisfied by what's coming out of your mouth. A man's belly shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips will he be filled. Your life will never be filled by what's coming into you, into your, into your mouth. It's always going to be filled as you speak increase out of your mouth. So you are never to be speaking anything else but increase, which is the word of God. Now, verse 21 is real profound. I mean, it tells us why. The reason why is that death and life are in the power of the tongue. This word, this Hebrew word, it means power, but it also means the direction of the tongue. Death and life are in the direction of the tongue. Hallelujah. No one, hear me, no one can stop your progress except you. And how your progress gets stopped, every problem in your life is not the circumstances that you're facing, it's not people, it's not your past, it's not your environment, it's not just what you're thinking, it's not, well, I grew up in this household and all my... No, 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 your problem is what is coming out of your mouth. Death and life are in the power and the direction of the tongue. And it says here, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Child of God, your tongue is your steering wheel. And it takes your life in whatever direction that you point it. So if you speak death, it will lead you into death. If you constantly say, I don't have enough, you, there's no way it'll point you and keep you, it'll take you deeper into not having enough. But if, while you, don't, while you don't have enough, say, Father, I thank you that the blessing of the Lord makes rich. My cup runneth over. Now, that will, those words of God will now take your life into increase. You decide. The words of your mouth are so important. So now let's jump back in talking about this. Let's go back to Psalm 39 in verse 1. And I want you to see, because of that principle, look at how we are to live. Psalm 39 in verse 1. It says this, I said, I, now this is a Psalm of David again, I said, I will take heed to my ways. In other words, I'm always going to be looking at my ways, not other people's ways. What am I looking for? That I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Child of God, as long as we're in this earth, 
There will be principalities and powers, demonic spirits and powers that will be before us. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And they're not all powerful. They're not all knowing. They are looking at your words. They are listening to your words and looking at your face because your words are what gives them access into your life. So David is saying, listen, I'm going to take heed to my ways and that I sin not with my tongue. I'm going to bridle my mouth while the wicked are before me. So it says pretty much as we go, let's go back to Psalm. Let's go back to Psalms 119 in verse 65. Psalm 119, verse 65. Hallelujah. Psalm 119, verse 65, it says this. It says, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word. Wow. In other words, God says, I'm going to deal with you based on the words that you're speaking and the words that I've spoken. So now let's go to a principle, an oracle of God that we see in the Old Testament. Let's go to Numbers chapter 14 in verse 28. Numbers 14, verse 28. Hallelujah. Boy, we are getting in the word tonight. Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. I'm telling you, child of God, this is feeding your spirit, but you're going to have to listen to this over and over and over. The Holy Spirit will bring the word of God alive to you, and then you start meditating on some of these scriptures that he leads you to. Now, this, this story is all about the children of Israel, this generation that basically said, Listen, we can't have what God says that he's given us. God told them for 600 years that he gave them the land, the promised land, Canaan land. Told them for 600 years. Everyone in this story got exactly what they said. And this is why in Numbers 14, 28, God said, Moses Go say unto them, as truly as I live. Now when you see this statement, this is an oracle of God. God is saying this is an unchanging, never-ending law of God. It will always work. It's a law. It's a spiritual law. As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. Or to you. Now, we have to understand the tense in the Hebrew language. It's not, it says, so will I do unto you. That sounds causative, but it's in the permissive tense. So you really accurately would translate it. Whatever you speak in my ears, God is saying, so will I allow in your life. Child of God, God is sovereign. He is a sovereign God. And here's rule number one of sovereignty in the earth during the church age right now. God must allow what you allow. He won't violate your will. God is the God who wants everybody to be saved. He very clearly says that in the Word. But literally, in the 40 minutes while I've been talking to you, 
Many people have died and left this planet and went to hell because they refused the sacrifice of Jesus, even though it was God's sovereign will that nobody perish. So this is a big scripture right here. It says the exact same thing in the New Testament in Mark chapter 11 in verse 23. Mark chapter 11 in verse 23. Hallelujah. I'd like you to turn and see this, even though you've looked at this many times. Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said this, For verily I say unto you, now he's explaining how to have the very faith that God has. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. Oh, that might make the religious person mad. But man did not say this. God said this. In other words, you're going to have what you say. This is huge. So turn back to Matthew chapter 12, and let's look at verse 37. Matthew chapter 12, in verse 37. It says this. This is a principle. This is Jesus talking again. This is earlier. He says this. Matthew 12, 37. It says, For by your words you shall be justified. That means you'll be pardoned and set free, or by your words, you shall be condemned. That means you'll be sentenced and taken into bondage. Why? Because life and death is in the power of your words. Now, if you're in Matthew 12, go just a few chapters. Go to Matthew chapter 15 in verse 10. Matthew 15 in verse 10, says this, And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goes into the mouth defiles the man, but that which comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Well, what does the word defile mean in the Greek? It literally means, the word defiles means that what comes out of a man's mouth makes him common. Child of God, there is nothing common about you. We're not to live on this earth as mere men. We are to walk as Jesus walked. We are to have his word in our heart coming out of our mouth. This word defiles means it's what comes out of your mouth that pollutes and stains you. And this is why Paul said to the church of Ephesus, I want you to look at this, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Hallelujah. Boy, I pray that this word is waking you up and arresting you so that your words will hold more weight. In Ephesians 4.29, it literally says, let no 
corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. That means if it doesn't build up, don't speak it. Well, that has to be God's word because it's always full of life and power. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. So you're in Ephesians. Go one more book over. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Or Philippians, skip Philippians, go to Colossians chapter 3 in verse 16. And Paul says this. He says, let or allow the word of Christ to dwell in you richly in all wisdom. In other words, your spirit, your heart is to be a home for God's word. Hallelujah teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You have to have the Word of God dwell in you richly. Now you're in Colossians chapter 3. Just jump back to Colossians chapter 2 in verse 6. And it says this, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And we're going to close with that scripture tonight. Well, actually, I need to go to one more. So let's look at this real quick, though. As you, the Lord just arrested me. We've got to go to one more scripture. But before we do, let me talk to you about this. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So how did you receive Christ? You received Christ through faith. So how do you walk in him? Through faith. The just shall walk by faith and shall live by faith. So now in closing, I want to go to Luke chapter 6. It seems like I've been going here a lot lately, but the Lord wants us to look at that in closing today. Luke chapter 6, in verse, I believe, 46. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 6, in verse 46. Jesus said this, And why call ye me? Or in other words, why do you call me Lord? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Verse 47, Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. So the person who hears the word of God and does the word of God. In other words, he hears it, he gets it down. So that means he has it down in his heart. He believes it in his heart. And now he's speaking it out of his mouth as he's acting on it. This is what this man will be like. It says he is um, like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock and when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. It doesn't say if a storm comes. It says when. Child of God, I pray that this word would encourage you this morning. 
Be blessed. Receive this. Get hungry for the things of God by feeding on the Word of God, and it will change everything in your life.